Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. I want you to put in your mind the image of something that is precious to you. Maybe someone. Wouldn't it have been cool to see some husbands and wives sort of do like this about that moment? That would have been good. Or do that to the children, you know? Because when we think about precious things, we think about the concept of being precious. Those are the things that probably pop into our minds the quickest. The the way it is something is precious to us is the beginning of where it begins is how we know it is precious to us. There are four things that I want to think about for just a few minutes that determine how something is precious. And it all begins with relationship. The text in 1 Peter 2, uh, Peter is describing something that he is intending for us to realize is a, a description of the life, the, the spiritual house that God has begun to build for us. The text says that Jesus is a precious stone. Now, we've already defined what the, the most precious things are to us, but you might also think about those stones that are precious. The new engagement, the finger just rises in the presence of everyone because I want you to see the stone. Or maybe there's a particular stone that came to you from your parents that's in some kind of a necklace or a bracelet or a ring. And there are stones that you purchase because they have a value to them. But we see that the greatest precious things are that way because of relationship. I want you to notice two things with me today. Here's the first one. Jesus is precious to God. That's what he says in the text. Here is Jesus, the precious one. I don't know that I've ever sat and thought about Jesus being precious to God. We use the concept of parent and child all the time and how parents love their children and, and children love their parents and there's a relationship there. But maybe we've not really, I've not really thought. Like parents today, when you watch your children do whatever it is they do and they do really well, aren't you proud? When they're really little and they start learning to walk, don't you clap for them? Don't you cheer for them? And every time they do something new, when they stretch themselves into being more, 
Aren't you proud? Have you ever thought that God the Father, while watching Jesus, was proud? Just like a father to his child. Why would it not be true? They have a relationship, and in that relationship, God is proud of his son. This relationship, I think, is important to understand. Sure, Jesus is God's son. Here's what I want you to see about that relationship Two parts to it. One, God chose Jesus. Just like parents choose to have a child or choose to have children, God chose Jesus. When you choose something, it makes it even more precious. In Isaiah 42 and in verse 1, here is what Isaiah said from God. Behold my elect son, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the Gentiles. And then it goes into that famous text where he said, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not put out. In other words, he'll be calm, he'll be good, he'll do what I want. Matthew 12 quotes the Isaiah passage proving that it came true, that yes, indeed, Jesus was elected by God. He chose him. And that relationship was formed. And God said, Hebrews chapter 1, to which of the angels did he ever say, Behold, today, you are my son. In other words, he didn't. He never said it to anyone else. God the Father chose Jesus to be his son. Just like parents choose today to have children. And he's proud of his son. Like we are proud of our children. But Jesus chose to be with God in that relationship. He chose it. In other words, Jesus made a decision. I am going to fulfill my responsibility as a child, as a son. We all raise our children and we desire that they will choose to be faithful to what we teach and to what we say. 
We all want that. But they have to make that decision. Have you ever considered that Jesus did? Do you remember the story in Luke? When Jesus and his family went to Jerusalem for the great feast. And they all left and were going home. And three days later they found out that Jesus was not in the group. They thought he was with some other of the family. But he was not. And he was back in Jerusalem. His parents turned around, went back to the city to look for him. You recall, don't you? They found him in the temple answering and asking questions with the religious leaders. And they said, where have you been? You were supposed to be with us. And here was Jesus' words. Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? As a child, he chose to live as a son of his father. That was his choice. Then consider this in Matthew 3. John the baptizer was baptizing in the Jordan River. And Jesus came and said, I need you to baptize me. And John said, why should I baptize you? You need to baptize me. And Jesus said, permit it to be so now. For thus it is necessary for us to fulfill all righteousness. And when he had said this, he baptized him. And immediately he came up out of the water, and the Spirit of God, descending like a dove, resting upon him, said, Behold, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Why was Jesus baptized? Not because he needed to because of sin. But did he do it? Because it is right to make the choice to be the son of God. In an adult decision, he said, I'm going to choose to be what God wants me to be, my father. At a young age, he dedicated himself. And then... In his adult life, he was baptized to fulfill the righteousness of being God's son. What a relationship. Number two, Jesus is precious to God because of the investment made in the relationship. This is the second of four things that help us to understand why something is precious. An investment. Jesus and God made the investment. God sent His Son into the world, John 3 and verse 16. And in and through Him... Jesus invested in this relationship as did his father. Paul told the Philippians, let this mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but was tempted in all points like as we are. Yet notice what happened. 
He took upon himself the form of a servant and coming in the likeness of men. Jesus gave up where he was. And God gave him up. They invested in the relationship. Notice Jesus. Jesus made an investment in the relationship. He had never known what it meant to obey anyone. Hebrews 5 and verse 8. He learned obedience by the things that he suffered. He invested in the opportunity to learn to obey. God had never obeyed anyone. Didn't need to. Jesus had never been tempted before. But the Bible says he was tempted in all points, like as we are yet without sin. Hebrews chapter 4. He invested in that relationship by offering himself to experience what temptation was all about. He had never had any sin of his own. But he was willing and chose to take all of our sin. Jesus tasted that death. Jesus tasted for us what I don't have to taste. Jesus took his, our sins on him and he offered that as his investment into the relationship. We don't have to taste death, Hebrews 2, 8 and 9. Because Jesus, number four, chose to be separated from his father. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in that moment on the cross, he experienced what it means not to be with God, to be separated fully from God. That's the death that he tasted that I don't have to taste, spiritual death. Jesus invested in that relationship. That's why he's precious. Jesus is precious because of the antiquity of the relationship. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. The life was the light of men. Before there was time, there was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us in time. That's the investment, John 1, 14. But the antiquity of a relationship, it began before time ever existed. And they've been together for so long. How precious is that? A number of years ago, 
I was preaching in western Kentucky. And every night for that three-night, four-night meeting, there was a couple that sat on the second row right there. And I found out that during that week, they celebrated their 80th wedding anniversary. I don't mean to burden you. <laughs> I got to be here 80 years? Yeah. Yeah. But now how precious is that? The antiquity of their relationship makes Jesus precious to his father. Finally, Jesus is precious because of the durability of that relationship. The Bible says in Hebrews 13 and verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, forever. It has lasted since before time. And that relationship will last when time has ended. It is a relationship that never will be broken. It'll never cease. Father, Son is the picture of that relationship now. Every parent wants to be proud of their children. Can you imagine God the Father sitting in his place in heaven and he's watching Jesus choosing to be his son here, living out the responsibilities of what that means. And God, like any proud father, says, He's precious to me. But the second point for today is simply to ask a question. Is Jesus precious to you? Is Jesus precious to you? Peter says, and to all of us who believe, He is Precious. Well, every single person here will say, yep, I believe. I doubt there's anyone here who says, no, I don't believe any of that stuff you're preaching. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in the Bible. I, I just don't believe. If that were the case, I doubt you would be here. I doubt you would be online participating, checking it out. You believe. Question is, how precious is your belief? How precious is your belief in Jesus to you? We all admit that he is a real figure, that he is the Son of God, but how precious is that to you? I think we can tell. You can tell for yourself in the same four ways that Jesus is precious to his Father. 
Number one, have you formed a relationship with him? Have you decided to be his child? If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then he is not precious to you. You might have some kind of mental view that, yeah, I like him. Yeah, he's real. But have you formed a relationship? Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3 in verse 3, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again. To the Galatians, Paul wrote, you're all sons of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of us as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Just as Jesus chose that relationship with the Father, and baptism was the visual representation of that, so today, if you believe Jesus is precious, but if you have not formed that relationship by choosing him, starting that relationship being born again of the water and the spirit, John 3, 5, then Jesus really is not as precious to you as you might want someone to believe. Number two. If you have formed that relationship, are you willing to invest in it? Whoever comes after me and does not bear his cross cannot be my disciple. Whoever comes after me and does not hate his mother and father, his wife and children, his brothers, sisters, yes, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. For which one of you intending to build a tower does not consider first the cost? Or else when you've laid the foundation and you're not able to complete it and everyone laughs and says, behold, he was not able to finish. What king goes to war without considering how many soldiers to take? Can he go up against him with 10,000 who are coming against him with 30,000? Or else when he's afar off, he'll send an ambassador asking for terms of peace. If Jesus is precious to us, then we will be willing to make an investment in the relationship that we have chosen. And if I can't invest my all as Jesus did in that relationship, then he's not as precious to me as I want people to believe. Number three, he is precious to you if you accept the antiquity of his life. He's not just a man who appeared on a scene in the first century. He is God eternal. And if I'm not willing to accept that everything he says about himself from the past that has always been the way that it has been, 
from the past, then how can I call him precious? We read his story, and we know who he is. And if I accept all of that, then he can be precious to me. But finally, Jesus will be precious to me if the relationship I have invested in that I've counted on from his antiquity will become the permanent, durable life that I live. Faithful to the end, we always say. And the idea is, if this relationship is precious to you, if you started it, you're beginning to make that investment. Yes, you understand the antiquity of it. Now you're in it to the end. I'm not leaving. I'm staying right here. If you continue in this relationship... Jesus is the forever high priest on our behalf. And we will have that relationship if we continue in it, leading to eternity. So the question simply is this. As Peter has said, Jesus is a precious stone Tonight, we're going to notice that Peter said, but to some, he is a stone of stumbling. What's the difference? Well, right now, you know, only you know, of course, he knows, if Jesus is precious to you. Today, are you willing to start that relationship? Are you willing to invest in it? Do you count on its antiquity? Will it be durable in your life till the end? That's what we're asking. That's what we're offering. That's what Jesus wants. As he chose to be faithful to his father, he is asking us to be faithful to our father. And as God chose him to be his son, God's choosing you today to be his child because God makes his choice known in the presentation of the word. And since the word is for every single person, then every single person is chosen and called by God. Will you be faithful to that? I hope Jesus is precious to you can we help you make that more real in your life today while we stand and sing together? We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.